If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to just focus on the tenant. The Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. Our faith so welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible. You may use any Bible you wish, of course. I have had many spiritual experiences and in gratitude. We just have ongoing Bible readings every Sunday morning. I'm just focused on being my real self and just carrying the message given to me, and that's all. Um, we're here every Sunday uh, at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. However, we had a little technical difficulty this morning, and we're a little late, and I want to apologize about that. The opening music was by Save Vocal Group from the CD Native Angels, and I really love the CD. Uh, if you want to order your own, go to Save.org. Or you can actually catch them on Facebook. They also do live shows, and you can also listen to them for free on YouTube, and uh, you can get the CD from Amazon. For opening prayers, let's bow our heads together and pray to our Father. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those we trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. And we pray for all the angels being uh, that they watch over us in everything that we do and that we don't stub, stub our toe against any rock as we travel along in this life. We also pray sincerely for the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in jeopardy, and we pray for those lives who are taken for evil and distorted reasons. We also believe they become martyrs, and we just pray for them and have them pray for us. We pray for all those suffering from sickness and violence here at home and abroad, and we pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted, and God forgive us our sins. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes, freedom from addiction from all kinds. Please keep our addicted people in your heart, God, and please protect them and help them quit using drugs and drinking and everything else they're doing. We know this is overwhelming for each person, and we pray, 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 and please keep my grandson, Mark, in your heart and mind because of his substance abuse. God, send your archangel Michael to watch over everybody to fight against evil and protect all of us and for your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers also go out to those who suffer in the world that can't speak for themselves, including the animals. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of the policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we're praying for all countries for problems of suffering worldwide. We want to thank you, God, for everything you have given us. We ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. We ask everybody be protected, them and their families, and they find wellness and prosperity and happiness, and that everybody keeps their faith in these hard times. We ask this in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray for all those that have passed away. Um, recently, we lost the prince, and uh, it's uh, was a blow to all of us, and uh, we just uh, pray that he went to heaven and um, that he's okay. And then um, also, can you please keep in mind my niece, Anastasia? She has a terrible flu, and she's in ICU. She has four little babies to take care of, and 
please send your prayers out to her. Thank you. Okay, I want to wish everybody today a happy birthday. God bless you, and I miss, wish you much happiness and prosperity that you own, you know, enjoy your special day. And it is a very beautiful day today here in Southern California. Anyway, let's see. You know, today we're actually pursuing on in our Bible studies, and we're up to First Timothy chapter 1. Now, I'm going to read you the uh, the summary from the Harvard students that I get my summaries from. Summary, excuse me, summaries from, it's there at www.schmoop.com. And anyway, First Timothy is about following the leaders. Now, some rules for those who can lead the church. Warning, it's a tall order. A bishop has to be a totally stand-up guy. He has only been married once. He's sensible and a good teacher. He's not a drunk, and he doesn't use violence. Also, he doesn't pick fights with other folks and isn't greedy. Basically, he's a well-respected man about town. He also has to take charge at home because if a guy can't control his wife and kids, he's going to be – how is he going to run around church, okay? Oops. Anyway. Next up, he shouldn't be a new convert. Non-Christians should think he's a swell guy. He's going to help avoid a lot of troubles down the road. Deacons, too, have lots of boxes to check when they take the leadership reins. Be serious. Don't lie. Don't drink. Don't be greedy. And basically be flawless. Women who want the post also can't all be caught gossipy and have to super, be super faithful. Excuse me. A deacon can only be married once and also needs to run a house that's in ship shape. Skeletons in the closet or black sheep in the family tree. Yeah, this is intense. Paul concludes this section by explaining that he hopes to visit soon, but wanted to send this letter ahead so everyone would know how to exactly they should be acting. Anyway, let's go ahead and I'm going to read the um, the introduction in my Bible. So let's get out our Bibles. You can get any Bible you want, but I read out of the Ryrie Study Bible and First uh, Timothy introduction. Uh, author Paul, date, around 63 or 66, the pastoral epistles. The two letters to Timothy and one to Titus are called the pastoral epistles because they contain principles for pastoral care of churches and qualification in ministries. Authorship. Some have questioned whether Paul himself wrote these letters on the grounds that, one, Paul travels describing the pastorals do not fit anywhere into the historical account of the book of Acts. Two, that the church organization described in them are that of second century and three the vocabulary and style are significantly different than that of other Pauline letters. Those who hold that the Pauline authorship is reply, there is no compelling reason to believe that Acts contains a complete history of life of Paul. Since his death is not recorded in Acts, he's apparently released from his first imprisonment in Rome, traveled over the empire for several years, perhaps even to Spain, and was uh, rearrested in prison a second time in Rome and martyred under Nero. Wow. Nothing in the church organization reflects the pastorals require a later date, and the question of authorship cannot be decided solely on the basis of vocabulary without considering how the subject matter affects a writer's choice of words. Vocabulary used to describe the church organization, for example, would be expected to be different from that used to teach the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. There is no arguments against Pauline's authorship that does not have a reasonable answer. And, of course, the letters themselves claim to have been written by Paul. Background. Timothy, the son of a Greek Gentile father and a devout Jewish mother named Eunice, was intimately associated with Paul from the time of the second missionary journey. And when Paul wrote First Timothy, probably 
from Macedonia work in Ephesus in Asia Minor. Though Paul desired to visit Timothy, this letter in the meantime would guide Timothy in the conduct of his pastoral responsibilities. And then contents. In relation to Timothy personally, the theme is fighting the good fight in relation to the church corporately, and the theme is behaving in the house of God, and important subjects discussed in the epistle include law, prayer, appearance, and activity of women, qualifications for bishops, elders, and deacons, the last days, care of widows, and the use of money. So here we go. So everybody turn to First Timothy as we read these precious letters. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior and the Christ Jesus who is our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you upon the departure from Macedonia, re- remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than further in the administration of God, which is by faith. See, that's, to me, very important. But the goal of our instruction is to love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men, straying from these things, have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless, excuse me, and rebellious, for those ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and the profane, for those who kill their fathers and mothers and murderers, and the immoral men, homosexuals and kidnappers, and the liars and perjurers, and whoever else is contrary to the sound teaching. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a prosecutor, a persecutor, and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving a full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am the foremost all. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me is the foremost. Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example of those who would believe in him in eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, and only God, be honor and glory forever. Amen. And then Paul charged Timothy, this commandment I entrust you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies uh, previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight. And then keeping in faith and in good conscience, which is have some rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. That's true. Okay, among these are Harmonius and Alexander, who I have handed over to Satan, so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. Wow. Okay, let's go to uh, the notes. Paul's title of authority, indicating that his status is above the elders and deacons, an apostle had the right to expect obedience from the churches. 
and that especially among the New Testament continues the Old Testament title Savior applied to God, so frequent in the Psalms and in Isaiah, and the title also came to be ascribed to Christ. And he says his departure from Macedonia. This journey evidently occurred in the close of Acts, and that uh, strange doctrines, many doctrines were different from what Paul had taught. Endless uh, myths and endless genealogies, mythical legends added to the Old Testament history that have been led to Gnostic, te- Gnostic teachings concerning emanations extending from God to the creation of not system and the introduction of First John. Anyway, the teaching of some of the congregation was fruitless discussion and like useful thought, though they wanted to be recognized as great teachers of the law. And the law is good when used lawfully. It remains, it restrains evil people. So uh, we're not here to do the law. We're here to follow Jesus. Healthy and wholesome doctrine in contrast to false, which is uh, is disease, actually. And then Paul's gratitude was heightened by remembering the, the kind of man he was before he experienced uh, the grace of God. And so Paul was reminding himself also who he was. And his trustworthy statement, this formula which introduces the axiomic truth, appears only in pastoral letters. I am foremost. Paul considered himself the worst of sinners, even the end of his, his illustrious life. And then Timothy was to be encouraged in the fight with the prophecies made about him and for the fitness of service for the Lord. And then uh, how they made shipwreck of their faith of Harmonius and Alexander was not stated, Though the false teaching of the Hymenians is described, and I have handed over to Satan, it's a remedial discipline which excludes the, such persons from help and fellowship in the church and a kind of last resort punishment, which is horrible, and we don't want it to happen to any of us. So I think that happens when people continue to sin and sin and sin and continues in their ways, and finally they just get turned over to the lower power. And that's not what any of us want. And, uh, you know, it's shocking to hear that, but that's the way it is, I guess, for uh, stubborn people. And, uh, you know, it's it's just, you know, all these readings are so good for us. They help us. Sometimes they're harsh, you know, but I get a lot of help out of this, and uh, as I hope you do. And um, I'm sorry this morning for being late um and i want you to ask you to please pray for me and i've been very ill and please pray for everybody else who's sick right now it seems to be going around okay so i we let's say our closing prayer tradition goes god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference amen so I will be with you next week, and we'll have the uh, same time, and I'll be here, God willing, and I wish you all all the best, and God bless you, and I ask this in Jesus' name that we learn something from what we read today. So in closing, I love you. See you next week. God bless you, and sorry for being late. Be patient with me. Goodbye. <laughs>